Welcome into the breeze with DP and Haas on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. All right, welcome back into Ticket Weekends. I am Harrison Arns running the board, and we have host, as always, Haas and DP here with us, uh, going all the way up until 1 o'clock. And again, if you're not watching, uh, there's a million ways to do it now. You can get us on Allo TV. That's channel 951. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Uh, Sarter Heyman text line. If you want to just go straight, FM radio, 93.7 The Ticket. Um, again, there's just a ton of ways to listen to The Ticket now as this place continues to grow. Um, but we got plenty to talk about. Last night, uh, we had one really great game. The second one, maybe not so much, but still plenty of things to talk about. Um, but Haas, I'll go ahead and start with you first, and we can see where you want to go with this. Let's not forget about Friday night also. Yes. Friday night. Friday night was in. crazy. So we definitely have to talk about Friday night, opening opening day for baseball. It's probably going to get it on the back burner. But uh, we're going to, after the break, we're going to talk about WrestleMania. And what I would like is from the from the audience, text in, call in the Sarder Heyman line, 402-464-5685. And let us know these two things. What moment stole the show for you from night one? What was the most memorable moment? And then number two, the Raw after WrestleMania. What what do you expect? What's the surprise you expect for the Raw after WrestleMania? So those two things are things I want to hear about from you guys, and DP and I will chime in on our thoughts on that. But before we, we go into the men's side of the NCAA tournament, I, I know you've witnessed this person a couple times, DP, and, and maybe you have Harrison as well in person, but Caitlin Clark. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You got to just stop what you're doing and watch watch her play. The game of the year, I thought, was Iowa-Louisville, the way she dominated that game. And then obviously mm-hmm. doing it against South Carolina, undefeated. It was like Duke-UNLV from the men's side for me. It was, it was like that. And being able to see how much she controlled the game with how athletic South Carolina is, with how many WNBA players – future WNBA players that they have. I was shocked that she was still able to do what she did. And I know she was five for 17 from the three-point line, which is not like her. And that that was because she took some really difficult three-point shots. But why why couldn't they triple team her 94 feet? Why couldn't they do that? I, and I know why. I know why. <laughs> but the, good God, that girl just dominated the game. DP, yeah. is, is she like that? At Nebraska, is she like that in person? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, Harrison will understand this um, more than than you would, Haas. But in this space that we're in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, I never speak kindly about anything Iowa. <laughs> not ever. Not ever. Not ever. It's not. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. I don't. I don't care. If they win the title, I don't care if she becomes like the night that she, the, the the way that she plays and the production. If you want to talk about the basketball side of it, it's one thing. But you know me, you guys know me well enough to know that if if I sense there's nonsense that goes along with it, I can't co-sign it. So having spent enough time in rooms with Iowa fans and watching this basketball team play and this player specifically. There are things that happen within it, and I don't like it when it comes from any player 
of substance who carries himself as though the rules don't apply, the laws don't apply, the, 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 they've never committed a foul, they've never, uh, <laughs> they've never missed a shot without divine intervention, um, that the player gets to work within their own system and it's not a coach's system, it's not – yeah, it's about team play because she's a great she's a great ball handler and a, and, a, and a great distributor. But it's the attitude that goes with it that bothers me. And that not that that's <laughs> no one no one cares. No, and I, I'm it to me. I mean, as as a coach, as Pert Hoss, you know this. What you you know that I I look at players and I don't care what level they're playing at. I look at it as from from this perspective: Are you doing things in the game that elevate the game because of you or because of the game? that when you become bigger than the game, I have issue with it, especially when it's done from a whiny, complainy, self-absorbed place. And, oh, by the way, it's Iowa, who we wouldn't give, cre- we wouldn't give credit to. If Jordan had played for Iowa, I wouldn't give him credit. So through all of that, I'm happy for, I'm happy for the young lady. Um, I'm not sure that I'm ever going to co-sign the way that she carries herself while she does the excellent things that she does on the floor. It's the way you carry it that 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 is important for me because that says that I'm enabled, I'm entitled, and I have the right to do that. That to me, not so much. I, Hoss, we've coached shooters who shot from amazing range and you let shooters do what shooters do. But then I also rules of engagement, players talking to officials and players talking to other players. No, not so much. So good luck to Iowa today at 2.30. Um, I have my own issues with Kim Kim Mulkey. Um, so the women's game, while it's growing this weekend, and it's good for the game to get eyes on and exposure, I'm a little concerned about a coach who outdresses the coverage and a player who outtalks the game. That's just me. And I know that's get off my lawn, but yeah, get off my lawn with it. I, they lose me a little bit in those things. So that's just me. The problem is it's 2023 and on the men's side, you see, that's all you see. You see the videos for AAU. That's all you see. You you see the flex after the basket. You see the too small. You see the ice in the veins. You see the rocking the baby. That's all you see. And so the difference is she's, and this isn't you. You don't like it on the men's side. So I'm not going to go and put words in your mouth. You don't like it at all in general. And I I understand that. Um, I know who you are. You're saying if you are the greatest, and she is the greatest women's basketball player. I know Boston is just as good or better and has more recognition, but she's not just a shooter. The passing that she does is the vision that she has, the way that she plays the game, the comparison on the men's side, oh, Luca or Steph. Like she was that good the last two games. I think better. I think she was better than both those players. Better than better better than better than who win? Better than better than Luca and Steph compared to her peers. 
Steph's the greatest no. all-time shooter. Yes, no. compared to her did peers, you, like, she you, was unguardable. She, did you watch? Did you watch Steph in the tournament? Did you watch? Like, really? Yeah. I did. The game is The game is bigger than right now. And let me let me answer Crobate on the text line. It says I, I must not watch Iowa. I spent weeks with Iowa. <laughs> And let me tell you, don't tell me about when it comes to talking about if you're talking about the player, that's one thing. Talking about the people is another. And I said, as a player, how you actually play the game, I got no issue with how you play the game and giving you credit for, for that. It's the, the personal grown up stuff in it that that goes with it that I say, not so much. And then the Iowa thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, but. I get the Iowa thing. I'm not going to go saw, crazy. I, I've seen, well, I, I've seen all of this, and I know that social media exposure changes how we talk about the game because it's different. But she's not she's not the, the best. Look, I, I saw the Virginia teams. I saw the USC teams with Cheryl Miller and, and Coop. And stop it. Stop it. Right now, <laughs> this year. The- oh, she's the player of the year. Like, that's been determined. She's the player of the year. And I watched her in the Big Ten, and I watched her against Maryland, and they just locked her down. And she spent more time throwing tantrums and being disrespectful to the coach because the coach allowed it, but that's that's neither neither here nor there. I only work from how I, my standard. And I'm not telling you what your standard should be. I'm not telling anybody whether they should like the young lady and how she does what she does or not. I'm saying from my from my standard, how I like to carry myself, I'm rooting for the game. So the women's game, I'm thrilled because it's going to change how business is being done. And it's overdue, long overdue. And if Caitlin Clark is the person that moves the needle because she's going to be here for another year at least, maybe two, because she's not eligible to go to WNBA. So she's going to be around. So, folks, whatever she's doing, folks, you better, as Ric Flair said, whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. I fully get that. It doesn't mean that I have to co-sign Iowa. Not happening. It's the same thing. Look, Cowboys, not happening. Iowa, not happening. Like, that's just simple. I'm the same way about North Carolina. The people that I just won't co-sign. Y'all, I'm not telling you not to co-sign it. I'm not telling you not to love her. Applaud her, cheer her, but I'm sitting here, and for three years I've been watching Iowa. And, yeah, there's some definitely haterade in my coffee when it comes to Iowa. But I watched this team at the Big Ten tournament. I've watched them at the NCAA tournament. I've been around them behind the scenes, back in the back hallways, locker room. You know what I tell you? I that stuff I don't get, but I don't have to. It's not for me. That's for Iowa Hawkeye fans. Do your thing. Love who you love. It's just not me. Poor Harrison, uh, we hear what you want You want to say. Again, the problem is it's society right now, DP. People aren't raised the way that we were raised. Every car in my neighborhood is a Tesla. Every car in my neighborhood runs a stop sign. Every car in my neighborhood just does something wrong. Every, every parent expects their kid to get everything handed to them. So there's that. Then you have the, the, the best players in the NBA switching teams all the time or whining or flopping or, or doing all these things. Those are the examples. 
So I don't know how this young lady is doing anything different. So it's our generation. We, we, we like someone being with their team for 20 years. We like them. We like them just, just being good people, being good role models. And I, I get what you're saying, but we can, we can move on Harrison. What are your thoughts on, on Iowa and the women's side? Yeah, I don't know. I'm at, I mean, honestly, at a point, I'm obviously there with DP on, like, I'm just gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna be pulling teeth to get me to say I'm rooting for Iowa uh, by any means. But, like, yeah, you can't deny that Caitlin Clark, I mean, she drops 41 points. Yeah, she took a lot of jumpers. Inefficiency isn't usually where it's at. Uh, but she's just a fantastic player. And it doesn't mean you have to kind of like everything about her. Just it acknowledges that she's a great player. And, like, all the, you know, off the court stuff, like, I just don't like getting into it a ton because I just don't know. You know, like I see her in the post game pressers, and she's nice and polite. Then you know, uh, she doesn't say anything disrespectful really. There, what happens after that, I don't know. Where all that kind of comes from, it's not for me to judge. But she's playing for Iowa. It's kind of a fun little villain arc to fall right now. If like you're against Iowa, like she is really good right now. But if you like the story and why this thing's taken off, is because people love her and people you know, don't like her at all. It doesn't, I don't meet a ton of people that are in that gray zone. And when you have that, just two sides pulling and one side hating, I mean, that's just like a perfect story arc. And maybe that's not the idea on how you want to push your brand, but I mean, nonetheless, they're doing numbers. Like Caitlin Clark's doing numbers for him. She's going to do it again next year. And, you know, what do you think about morally? Is it good, great for the game? Like, I don't think you even have to go that far. I don't think it's even that deep. I'll be honest. I think it's just an awesome story arc. And, you either like her off the court or you don't, but it's nonetheless she's going to be here in the tournament next year too, and it's just going to be fun to watch. I'm just going to sit back, enjoy, uh, and hope Iowa loses. <laughs> I, I will that's say, all it is. Yeah. That's all I'm. That's <laughs> all I'm doing. I don't. I don't give it any other venom. As a matter of fact, I would if we had spent the entire hour not talking about Iowa, I would have been in a good mood. We get it. Uh, you Nebraskaites get, I get it. She just dominated the game. You so did much. it. You brought it up. You but look, she, you she control your vacuum. She deserves the recognition with what she, no, did. she does. No, she doesn't. No, she, she doesn't. Does. I don't have to give credit to anything. I don't want to get, I'm a grown man. I don't she's, have to give credit to anything. She's the best player in, in the tournament for the men's or the women's. So she deserves to be recognized for her greatnesses. That's all. She got it. She got the award. What else does she want? She should get time on the on the breeze too. She should get no. She shouldn't. No, she shouldn't. No, the she way, shouldn't. The way she dominated the Louisville game. No, she should. Oh my gosh. The, the, look, okay, so we can set we can set this precedent right now. From this point forward, as long as there's a breeze, if you bring up Caitlin Clark, I will mute my microphone. <laughs> I. Uh, if anyone's friends with Caitlin Clark, uh, we're gonna have her on the breeze next week as the not a zero <laughs> shot, zero chance. Oh, she, she, she would look at you and just say too small. She, <laughs> she would hit you with the too small. She's got that. DP's, DP's gonna zero be chance. zero chance, <laughs> zero chance, zero, zero. All right, all right. To appease DP. And and most of the country. What about that buzzer beater last night? What about that? It happened right as John Cena lost too. So it was it was it was hard to watch both at the same time. But had to have that one with the volume up. What you're just shot? bringing up all the people that make me angry. Next, you're going to talk about Dominic. You're going to talk about Dominic, and then you're going to talk about Gunter. 
Let's just spend the entire hour with me as the as the Muppet face old dude from the top balcony just yelling down at you about how awful it is to have to talk about these people. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I I understand that it's Cena's job to co-sign and 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 help the the next one because people did that for him. So okay, um, but I I don't care about Austin Theory. I don't care. I don't care. Well, let's talk Austin Theory Cena after, and I can I I did it by talking about both. But what about the buzzer beater? Since it, I said it happened at the same exact time, it's like which one do I watch? Oh my gosh, the buzzer beater for San Diego State to come back from fourteen down. Harrison, Harrison, how many how many devices do you watch at the same time? I usually go so I got a laptop, laptop, TV, phone. So usually about four is where I max out on. <laughs> When it gets towards the tail end here, it's a little nicer. I don't have to have as many, but yeah, you at least try to get four or five going. Right? Like that's that's how we consume now. Mm-hmm. And we get mixed emotions. Um and that was me last night constantly. I I apologize in advance to to Yukon uh and their performance because um I was distracted. I was distracted. Um WrestleMania had my attention and um for for good reasons and bad that listen what what florida atlantic did belongs in the in the in that full frame of bcu george mason oh my goodness what are you doing here butler like, what are you doing here and it should be that should be what we should be highlighting and amplifying is that San Diego State, who's going through their own turmoil behind the scenes, trying to figure out what conference they're going to be in yeah. and when are they going to be in that conference and then having the Mountain West Conference fight to, to hold on for dear life and to claim all the credit that they can claim um, from San Diego State. But this is rare space to have that game and to have those four teams in it. Um, we were a couple of hiccups away from having all – bottom seeds in the, in the final four like yeah. and UConn just going on a run that's crazy but the shot itself it, it couldn't have been the plan it couldn't have been the play call Mm-mm. it just simply is when a player decides here's what needs to be done however this is going to end it's on me and that takes marbles jumbo marble to just say i'm gonna back this dude down they isoed away so give credit right they pulled space for him mm-hmm. but that I, I i can't really believe that that mid-range shot was the shot because we all know through analytics now that the mid-range shot is the least practiced least perfected shot in all of basketball like the mid-range game is a thing that folks have taken away, college coaches specifically. It's shoot the three, pump fake, get to the rack. That's it. Mm-hmm. The mid-range game is 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 the stepchild in basketball. And oh, by the way, he isolated this and pulled it off at the buzzer. Look, <laughs> there are no analytics for it. No. Harrison, it was it was all about execution. It was it was uh, 69-68 with one minute to go. FAU calls timeout. <laughs> mm-hmm. They go and call a play. They execute their play. So it's a three-point lead. 
And then San Diego State comes back. They call a timeout. They run their play. They get they get a mid-range jump shot. So it's down to one again. Three timeouts left for, for FAU. They, they call a timeout. They actually they dribble the ball up, wait 20 seconds, call a timeout. Then they couldn't inbound the ball, so they call another timeout. And so with that, you expect execution. So whether the defense should get recognition or the offense should, should get uh, the blame, two timeouts and you couldn't score. And, and so that to me is the difference as a coach is you look at the execution. What do you do out of a timeout? And they didn't get an easy basket. And the other team decides, look, we have eight, nine seconds left. If I call timeout, it's going to allow the other team to set up. Mm-hmm. And so I think the story of that game as a coach is the use of timeouts and, and, and four timeouts were used in under a minute and one wasn't. And the one that wasn't, I think, was what won the game. Because if you call timeout there, the defense would have set up and, and they probably used all their secret weapons and they didn't have anything else left to do. And FAU would have been ready. So great call by allowing the play to just go and letting your players play. And, and, and that's that's execution in itself is just understanding your players and the flow of the game. Yeah. And honestly, though, if you're just talking about the coaching, like on both sides, that game was awesome. I mean, at the very beginning of the game, I think it was already like five to 16 point spread right off the bat. And it was like, oh, FAU's, it looks like they're going to be down early. And then just kept swinging back and forth. So early on, you kind of got that sense. And then what just impressed me was uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name. I The seven footer center for FAU. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, if I didn't know any better, like I'd think that's Zach Eady's brother. Like he's got <laughs> the same build, same kind of style play, just kind of a lumbering giant out there. Uh, but I was just thoroughly impressed with like their defense the whole time as well. You know, San Diego State just keep continuing to do what they do. I mean, that's just like an elite offense coming in there. They found a way to stop Alabama. So now, like even though UConn, we haven't talked about that game yet. Even though UConn won that one in pretty convincing fashion. There's something about San Diego State. Well, they, you know, they might not blow you out of the water, but you will always play at their pace. Every game I watch, it just feels like you can't get away from their pace of play. Like you're always going to play the style they want to play. And with that size, they can just do that. And yeah, and the buzzer beater at the end. Uh, I know we talked about those mid range jumpers being phased out, but it's kind of funny. It's always the killers that still have it. It's always the great, great players. You look at Kobe. He's got one. Michael Jordan. He's got one. Even Jordan. He's got one. Like all these dudes that are elite. They got that in the arsenal. Even though Curry looking in for his threes, like he's got that same move in the bag. There's just something about that mid-range that if you have it, I, I don't know why. It seems to be like a, a game-winner situation when you're taking those all the time. Well, people I, don't know how to defend it anymore. Yeah, like that's honestly. The, the, the real thing is that the easiest way to ISO is mid-range because you can close out to a line knowing gauging distance. At the basket, it's just post-up. But that mid-range game – it's a six-star offense that you can attack from, mm-hmm. and most of today's defenders know how to defend the three. They know how to defend in the post. That mid-range, man, that, that's that's some serious footwork required, and, yeah. and a lot of folks don't have it. Uh, before we go to before, break, too, to, oh, yeah. sorry, but I was just going to say, yeah, look at De- DeMar DeRozan and his mid-range jumpers and how many fouls he gets. Like, they don't know how to defend that mid-range jumper. But anyway, go ahead, Haas, and we'll throw the break. So – Two quick things before we go to break. Again, what moments still show for you last night in WrestleMania, and and what do you what are you hoping for, or what expect what do you expect as a surprise at the Raw after WrestleMania four hundred two four six four five six eight five for thirty seconds? UConn, they they became the favorites maybe three four games ago with just they're healthy, they're 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 playing well. 
I know we said, hey, you got to give ACC recognition, and, and Miami did go and do their job. But just UConn, UConn's, UConn's got size. UConn's got quickness. UConn can shoot. UConn can defend. UConn can pass. So are they losing? Can, 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 can San Diego State beat them? That's where we're at. That's why I'm curious, right? Because I feel like to me, San Diego State's humbled everyone to their style of play. Um, and UConn hasn't listened to anyone trying to get them to the, play a different pace outside of UConn basketball. So it's going to be a fun one, um, and I'm sure we'll find out. But we got to throw it to break here. This is The Breeze. I'm Harrison Arnold joining the board. we got host Haas and DP as always. Um, and again, you can watch us streaming on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, or on Allo, channel 951. But we'll be back shortly right after this break. <laughs> 